the tag your it podcast i'm ray ray i am dave and i'm we, leaving this so yeah. that it's not blocking me there yeah. you go How we've got a lot of people yeah. in the studio and with that said we have wes scroggins in with us so we've talked to him we've talked to you before on this podcast yes you were just over the phone last time so now That's here right. he is in his full glory wes scroggins right. how you doing this evening sir just fine Hope glad you that you will. came dressed up we did not we came in <laughs> yeah. our normal you know laid back casual stuff but yesterday i looked kind of like you two yeah. right now so and i will on thursday when i go teach so right. yeah well, thank you I mean. so much for coming across town to meet with us right here last time i had no clue what you looked like and uh, we just talked uh, on the phone. And then you and I talked in November a little bit. Yes. And then we met up at the God and Government Conference and said, man, this is we've got you in here. This is a pressing issue. And you hooked us up and connected us with uh, Senator Mike and Moon. And so we're hoping that he will join us. Glad that you hit record on yes, that. Yes, I forgot to. You. So, you know, on in podcast land, there might be a little weird switch there. But hey, it wasn't <laughs> that long anyway. That's right. I've got a lot to worry about here. But anyway, so, but yeah, man, it was awesome. Um, the God and Government Conference was cool. Yes, it was. It was great. It was great to meet you. There was a lot of uh, connections to be made there. Um, <laughs> brothers and sisters and Christ, um, enjoying the Word of God, being washed by it. So I don't know how you are affected by it, um, but uh, I, I mean, if you want to do some commenting on it, just so that we can get our listeners to go back in time, we've got them uploaded to our catalog. You can check out the God and Government Conference. So what did you? Uh, what's your kind of thoughts on that? Uh, it was it was a good conference, um, informative. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the the two pastors that spoke uh, there that. Uh, that morning, I, I thought, um, you know, they were very educated on the issues and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the call to action, what church needs to be doing. Again, in the afternoon, you guys did a great job with the panel. That was and, fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And with uh, Senator Moon, um, you know, there, um, uh, again, I just, just, there was a lot of good things said. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. If you do get a chance and you are watching the live stream or listening to the pod pa- podcast, 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 uh, podcast, I just created something new. Yeah. Uh, it, we want to encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. They are outstanding. Um, great teaching by mm-hmm. Brandon and by... Josh. Josh, Josh, thank you. I don't know Brandon. why. Yeah, and don't forget and, the other Josh, Egan yes, too, from and Josh Eaton, Kansas. Yeah, yeah, outstanding. So, yeah. and then of course we even have uh, Mike Moon's teaching as well. So, just an outstanding thing. But of course, that kind of brings us, you know, do us a little favor here, Wes. Uh, some maybe have not listened to when we had you just a little bit over a year ago on. Uh, so, kind of tell us who you are and kind of what you do, and um, that would just be really helpful so we can get a sense of, of who you are and those who are watching the live stream, listen to the podcast, can know a little bit more about you. Well, my name is, is Wes Scroggins, and I am a professor at Missouri State University here in Springfield. Um, married, got several children, live uh, out southwest of the city, um, a ways, got a little small farm out there, and, um, you know, keeps me really busy. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, you know, yeah, we, last time uh, we had you on the show, um, I mean, I, t- I had Josh Jenkins on the show talking about HB 2285. Yes. Um, on your end, um, what has kind of gone on since we last sort of talked um, around that time about these things? Okay. Well, yeah. the, um, the, the house bill was also filed by, uh, uh, by Mike, Mike Moon, who uh, at the time was obviously a representative and it died back mm. in the the last session. Um, never even got to committee. Um, never even had a hearing. And so um, it died uh, over the summer. You all know. I mean, everything was crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, last year and through the summer, and it was hard to organize. You know, a, yeah. a lot of things. Um, but we we tried to keep the movement going and the interest in abolition going. And um, 
you know, Mike, um, when he was elected to the Senate, um, the, the session started uh, in January. He filed um, a, the same bill in the Senate, which is Senate Bill 391. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of little bit of a background kind of bringing us up to date. And so essentially, HB 2285 died because it didn't get to right. a committee. But um, Mr. Moon, Senator Moon, has now been moved to the Missouri State Senate. And mm-hmm. so um, that has now been re-submitted. Uh, uh, right. Just a, a new bill's been filed now in the Senate. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so that is has a certain, I guess, shelf life. And so one of the things that we're doing right now, and people who are in the Missouri abolition movement, and not just just us, we kind of have a responsibility now. And of course, I'm hoping that Mike will be able to give us a little bit more of what we can do with that. But here's the thing that I've noticed that's happening, and this is what has probably been the most concerning to me. And, and I don't mean this in any derogatory sense, but, you know, I look at... At these articles, such as the one from the Christian Post, right, just a few weeks ago, uh, Wednesday, January 13th of this year, Missouri becomes first abortion-free state. I had people that I know and respect were celebrating this. I mean, there are people that we know and have great admiration for who are saying, oh, this is so great, Missouri, it's an abortion-free state. Uh, Why in the world is someone like Mike Moon, who is an incredible intelligent guy and then someone like you professor right here at missouri state why it's it's over it's done abortion missouri is an abortion free state why are we doing anything that's just silly because it's not an abortion free state um missouri is not abortion so the christian post is lying to me well they're incorrect (laughs) let me let me just say it that way um we may not have Currently operating within the state, we may not have a surgical abortion clinic that is is operating and doing abortions. So what do you mean by um, surgical, by the way? Yeah. I just want to, because I think I understand that, but give me, uh, re- reduce a little bit of ambiguity well, for me, because when I say Missouri is an abortion-free state, mm-hmm. I just threw up a term there that's fairly ambiguous. Yeah. Right. It's actually intentionally vague, I would say. Yeah. So you said surgical abortion, you're narrowing the focus. What's surgical abortion? I mean, I, I, I recognize, while well, you're a doctor, uh, well, no here is a medical doctor right. so uh, yeah. what is a surgical but abortion it's that's that's just an abortion where the baby is is dismembered right and 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 cut apart and and vacuumed out um you know that occurs in an abortion clinic and so the the last remaining clinic that was in st louis has has stopped performing those surgical abortions. So um, Missouri doesn't murder babies in the womb. Well, here we we do. Oh, and um, here's Wait. here's how it occurs. Yeah. Right. Okay. So so there are still chemical abortions that take place. I mean, doctors can prescribe, you know, pills, pharmaceuticals, things of that nature, that that terminate. You know, a, a pregnancy and and a and a developing baby. So so those kinds of abortions are still occurring in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Also, um, you know, the abortion clinics like the one in St. Louis, um, they're referring women over across the state line in the Granite City, Illinois, mm-hmm. where the big you know Planned Parenthood clinic is there. And so you know, we've got referrals that are being made where um, women are being sent out of state to have these abortions. And so, um, you know, babies are still, are still dying in Missouri. So what yeah. would, what would uh, the Senate bill 391 actually do about that? I mean, is it going to do anything? You know, I hope you don't mind me asking. And that wasn't really part of the questions that I wrote, but like in my mind, I'm thinking as from a Christian worldview, anybody who refers a woman across the state line, they're a murderer. They're they're an accomplice. Um, Right. And so Senate bill 391 is an abolition bill. Um, You know, this is not the type of bill that regulates abortion. You know, um, it, it, it would totally abolish it. 
within the state. And, you know, anybody that, um, you know, was a part of intentionally aborting a baby that had a role in that, um, you know, the, 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 the criminal statutes, it, it criminalizes it and you know, criminal statutes would apply. So, yeah. so, so, we, so it, basically it, like you're saying, so right now, Missouri is not abortion free. It's just whenever you cross the border. See, here's the problem about social contract is we can say that something is wrong here. And then you end up crossing a physical line, which is also a social contract covenantal line, right? where it's legal now here's the issue when they cross back into missouri the missourians would say they committed murder over here but then over here they didn't commit murder so you see the problem of social contract and truth by social contract in this so this is well, this is why again the abortion debate is um you know crucial it's not just about personhood but it's about logic it's mm -hmm. about um coherence and and all that stuff and so now in this case it's very incoherent it's we can make it murder here illinois doesn't have to be murder but whenever you cross back in and you live in missouri you know so with you, this abolition bill you you yeah. will would have committed a murder yeah so we're talking about from the doctor i use that term and it's a hokey term for that person the murderer convict scum of the earth who tells a lady to go across the state line from that person to the deadbeat dad who drives her across the state line all three of those individuals are going to be held liable for murder manslaughter uh yeah that's my understanding that's how this bill would work why is that not mean why is that not bad i know why i feel yeah. but i'm just yeah. curious yeah, oh, yeah, you're asking from playing devil's yeah. advocate. Yeah, does it not mean because I mean, we ran into that uh, at the Missouri Baptist well, I mean, just, meeting. Just think about, I mean, all all uh, conversations devolving to Hitler. <laughs> America went over to Germany, who had their own social contract, who said that Jews were not people, and we went over there saying, "No, Jews are people," and uh, we used that against them, saying, "No, people matter." And you're killing people. I mean, there's a bunch of other people, a bunch of other things involved in, in the whole argument, but that is one, one issue. And so are we like, like we are terrorists to them. They are terrorists to us. And so again, we're talking about logic and coherence and social contract and all those things that man has built up ideologically right. to build for itself, a nation and a kingdom for its own recognition. But see, when you do that, for one, we're too many particulars that can't come together in unity. And so then, again, you got the problem of the one and many. Either you will devolve into nothingness on the universal end or devolve into nothingness on the particular end. And we're seeing it right here. And so we've got to talk about absolutes, which is if you don't have, and this is why I say the abortion debate is important, um, whenever we're talking about Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, all these sort of things that the world has cause you to divide over to kill each other that's what crt does that's what intersectionality does um, the abortion debate houses the definition of person which is not a scientific claim it is a philosophical claim an immaterial claim and so which worldview makes sense of a person being a person that a black person matters that a police officer matters that any whatever, other minority yeah. matters for that matter. <laughs> yeah. So you need a universal. So there is, you know, there is a point where you can say, well, all eyes matter and the particulars you don't worry about. Well, you do need to worry. The universal type folks need to worry about what's happening to the particulars and the particular folks need to go look at the universal and can they bring them together? And the only way you're going to bring them together is the covenant of the revelation of God. Well, seen in the covenant person, Jesus Christ, which is the covenant glue between us and God. And that's, you know, so that's why this debate is important because person, the definition of person and who defines the person is at stake. Well, clearly is it the state, in my mind, is it God or is it the person? Yeah, over and over again, because as we are those who do possess the objective truth in the Christian worldview, the only worldview that does 
make rational and logical sense. The very basis for ration, rational thought and logic is only the Christian worldview. I'm more than happy to visit with anyone about that. Yeah. But one of the things, Mike, that I see, sorry, Mike, Wes, <laughs> that I see, and, and I think that the post and the shares and the celebrating of that Christian post article is, uh, uh, is evidence for this is that so many Christians think pro-life, that's what this bill is. What actually have you seen? You know, you've you've worked with Mike in, in various ways, and one of my thought, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about your connection with Mike. And then as you've known Mike and you've seen him affirm uh, and contend for the abolition of abortion, like how has the pro-life movement got in the way and why do Christians need to stop saying pro-life? To me, pro-life is evil. It's not pro-life. It's actually pro-murder. So, oh, that's so mean of you to say. No, because the Southern Baptist Convention in 1973 went pro-life and not God's definition of life, we've seen and are guilty for an undue amount of incredible uh, murders that have taken place. What is the pro, like, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Mike and, and a little bit about where you have observed, at least in your relationship with him, the pro-life movement getting in the way from things like uh, HB 2285 getting passed. Well, it, it's a it's a fight, right? Um, the pro life movement. I, here's what I call it. You know, I, I refer to it as pro abortion with regulations. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, as as long as we regulate abortion, the the pro life you know uh, community is seems to be happy to tolerate it. Yeah. And, um, you know, to to allow it to continue as long as it's regulated. Abolition is different. And, you know, abolition basically is saying it's murder. It's evil. It's wrong. You got to end it. You don't you don't regulate it. Um, and and so, yeah, when, when Mike introduced that bill back last year in the House, um, you know, we. The pro the pro life community, pro life organizations were they they're the ones that probably had the greatest opposition to it. Um, we got the most of the opposition from them. So you know what what they do is you know they lobby hard in Jefferson City. They're in you know the offices of these legislators, convincing them that uh, bills like uh, Senate Bill three ninety one is a bad bill because, you know, their position is let's try to make gains incrementally a little at a time, little at a time, little so at a time. So we can keep funding, so we so, can keep being funded. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, that, that is, that, that's what happened last year. Uh, one of the things that kept this thing from going to committee was just the fact that, you, yeah, you had these pro-life organizations. So that, uh, anyone, just, I, I want to make sure that I've said this, and because I, I'm sorry I cut you off on there, but anyone who says, let's regulate a little bit more, that is not a biblical position. And no. that is not a position to be celebrated. That is just as guilty and evil yes. as anyone. No, no. You don't celebrate a little bit of regulation. No, I don't clap my hands for the heartbeat bill because it says, let's regulate murder a little bit more. You're right. That is foolishness in the eyes of God's law. That is and correct. And we are people who are saying, not only that, if we don't, if we take it actually even from a secularist worldview, the ultimate goal of a secularist worldview is human flourishing. At least that's what they would say, right? Or the, the propagation of species. Mm -hmm. It makes zero sense from either the Christian worldview or the secularist worldview. We actually have a point of contact mm -hmm. that is we protect life. Life is important. Now, they don't have any basis for saying that. But this is why, actually, you don't even have to be a Christian to say, actually, this is the logical conclusion of our worldview. Yeah. It's a, a point of contact in many ways. And then on the other side of, you know, we do protect life, but we have to recognize justice as well. And so, you know, what I like to say is um, I'm pro-justice. And so, you know, um, we, we don't agree that all lives... Uh, 
in, in, in a way, like whenever you go against the law, like you have forfeited your life. Yes. Especially when it comes to murder. So God has said, you know, um, if a man sheds blood by man's blood shall his blood or it's it's a hard i get a tongue twister but yeah but so if a man sheds blood by man his blood shall be shed right and so that is so a lot of people say well that's god being pro-life that's god being pro-justice because the world fell into sin and i think we might have just to state this because you are a big uh you have a lot of connections in the abolitionist movement and one of the things that you would certainly and i want to make sure you know you're the one who connected me with missouri missourians for abolition Mm -hmm. and one of the things that i want to make sure that i am articulating this right because this is where i am it is anti-abolition to say, let's celebrate the incremental changes. Yes. Yeah. Why? But we got Mike. Yes, okay. I think we got Sorry, Mike. Wait, wait, just wait. Wait. That's what we've been trying to do over here for the last several minutes. He's been texting yeah. me saying I, I can't connect. I've seen you two wondering um, what you were doing. Yeah, so, yeah. Mike, so, uh, so sorry. We've been no, trying no, to get God him connected. Yeah. So, hey, Mike, uh, can you hear <clears throat> us? Because if uh, you can hear us, we cannot hear you. Do you need to regulate one thing? Well, I will deal with that. So when someone gets up and talks about all the achievements of the pro-life movement, someone who is an abolitionist, by definition, doesn't say, oh, good job. You won a bunch of little battles. It is for shame. You've rejected God's law at every step. Exactly. It, that that is the the proper response. That's what's wrong with the pro life movement. It, it it's it's not a godly biblical movement. It it ignores the law of God and it allows abortion to continue. So and that's the, something is not abolitionist if it doesn't say end abortion now. Right. Tell that to the Missouri Baptist messengers. Who celebrated that they did we, not? So what you're telling we, we, me? We need to be telling them. The church needs to be telling them that. So what um, you're telling me is, if we looked at what was stated as an abolitionist resolution at the Missouri Baptist annual meeting, to call that an abolitionist revolution, to call that an abolitionist um, resolution is to not use the term abolitionist in any way that the abolitionist movement would recognize. Is that correct? That that is correct. Yeah, because it says let's regulate a little bit yeah. more. That's not an abolitionist resolution. Thank you. I'm <laughs> so glad from one of the major players in the Missouri abolitionist movement. Well, hey, let me. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. I, I just uh, to pause again. Yeah. Is yeah, Mike is on here. At least he, he's logged in. I'm just not getting any um, voice from him, so I'm not hearing if he can hear us or anything. So there might be a problem that you might have to text him about. <laughs> and so I'm sorry, guys. I know that we had uh, said that Mike is coming on the show and everything, and he's had meetings and stuff. He's a busy guy. So, you know, there's grace to be had. There's no problems in this. Um, oh, we've man. got some good information. But, oh, it says Mike Moon joined again. So let's. We yes. really appreciate hey. There is Mike. I think I heard something. Yeah. I think we actually. <laughs> let's uh, turn your mic on here. How about now? Can you hear me? Yes. Senator, oh this, man, thank you so yes, much. I wanted Newman. I wanted to be able to say, "Hey Senator, can you hear us?" <laughs> yes. You, usually you'd need to say earth to mic, earth to mic. <laughs> well, thank you uh for coming on the show, sir. This is uh, awesome. I'm glad that we finally got this uh technological thing <laughs> taken yeah, care of. Yeah, me too. Well, yes. thanks for um Give me some slack. I'm about an hour late. That's all. That's all right, Mike. We've been so fortunate to connect with you through Wes, and we've been so blessed by what Wes has shared with us. We've kind of been talking on what the definition of an abolitionist is, what the definition of an abolitionist bill is, and so I'm just going to kind of jump right to things. And this is David Van Beber. I'm the small guy. Uh, Adam is the, <laughs> is the is the is the taller, better looking guy. I'm the little nah. funny looking guy, and so. Um, uh, who talks too quick, but tell us a little bit, um, Wes has been helping us quite a bit, but tell us a little bit more about uh, about Senate Bill 
391, what that is and how that is actually an abolitionist bill and, and even maybe give us some light on what we can do when it comes to pastors, lay leaders, uh, members of the church uh, at large, what we can do to make sure that we're letting people in Jeff City know that we support it. So speak to that if you don't mind. Okay. Well, Senate Bill 391 is titled the Abolition of Abortion in Missouri Act. And, um, you know, just looking at it on the face of that, uh, that name, it's, it reminds me of what William Wilberforce did when he was wanting to end um, the slavery um, in England. And uh, I was remarking uh, some time ago that took him over 40 years to do that. And here we have in Missouri been working for 48 now and still haven't done it. We've, we've uh, taken incremental steps, which is not enough. And so what this act will do is it first will add a definition of person to the criminal mm -hmm. code to include a human being from the moment of conception. And that's powerful Amen. Amen. because un until we recognize this developing baby as actually human, um, there's no value there. Yeah, and and I, so that, I think that's a good first step. Yeah, and to ask you about that is, uh, and, and one of those things that in my research, whenever we're talking about Roe versus Wade, um, this is a major issue that happened in Roe versus Wade, wasn't it? That the, maybe the Constitution or like, you know, the, I, if I did my research correctly, um, Roe versus Wade kind of centered around the fact that um, uh, the person was an implicit thing back in the day that they need. So this is kind of like a, the definition of perfect of a person is sort of the, the massage point of how even yeah. Roe versus Wade got in. Yeah. And, and that's an important um, uh, declaration there too, because, you know, it, it's hard for me to understand this, but of course I'm looking at it from the viewpoint that, from the point of conception, it is a life and it is a person. Mm -hmm. For those who don't believe that, it's um, it's sort of a, kind of an arbitrary thing and, mm -hmm. you know, just um, abstract, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so when we declare that this is actually a developing human baby, it's not an embryo. I mean, it's, it's not just a glob of cells, although if you were to look at it scientifically, you might be able to argue that point, but it's much more than that. It's something that if allowed to be nurtured and continues to develop, it's going to be born uh, someone similar to you and me, and mm -hmm. it's um, it's in God's image. I think that's that's powerful mm -hmm. too. Yeah. So, um, additionally, the act will grant the attorney general, uh, prosecuting and other circuit attorneys, the authority to enforce uh, certain provisions in the criminal code, which um, relate to offenses against a person. And we're going back now to that developing human person. So if someone decides that they're going to snuff out that life, they will be culpable and liable to answer for that death. And um, they're going to call it murder and mm -hmm. manslaughter. And um, so it's, it's, it, it will be done so in contrary or regardless to any contrary federal decision. And, of course, we're talking about Roe v. Wade there in 1973. Yeah. And uh, there's a point here that I think needs to be made because when I was first in the Missouri House, I was reading through the statute uh, chapters. And in, in uh, Chapter 1, in Section 205, I found that um, Missouri had recognized that life begins exception. The General Assembly recognized that. And I think it was back in the 1980s. And I thought, you're kidding me. Wow. I didn't know that was true. And I, I got excited. Yeah. <laughs> and then I continued to read down that statute and I said, oh, but though it's, um, it's, it, um, it's, uh, I can't think of the right word, but it's so subject to the uh, decisional interpretations by the Supreme Court or other laws contrary to it. And I thought, well, there you go. There's the Roe v. Wade thing again. Yeah, and that's so been a big hiccup. Yeah, when, so they're still yeah. making their appeal federally that um, we yeah. don't have to. Yeah. Right. And, and the rub on that, guys, is that um, we should know by now that only courts only deliver opinions. They don't make law. It says in, yeah. in uh, Article 1, Section 1 of the U.S. Constitution, only the legislative branch can make law. A, a Senate and a House, not, not the courts, not um, the president or anyone else. And uh, so I, if we would only understand that and also 
uh, live by that, we would have settled this a long time ago. Yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, that's not the case. And so here we are. Yeah. So we talked a little bit with Wes about this, but kind of share with me a little bit, you know, when we look at the Christian Post and their statement that Missouri becomes the first abortion-free <laughs> state, uh, that is a lie. I'm calling it a lie because knowingly to communicate untruth is a lie. Yeah. And uh-huh. Either they're ill-informed, which they shouldn't be if they're in professional media. So either it's a knowingly uh, false claim or it's an ill-informed claim that shouldn't be made and should be revoked. So what is the major deal that makes us not a uh, truly abortion-free state, and how is this directly and maybe even specifically going to change mm-hmm. that? We we, we kind of touched on this with, with Wes, but we'd kind of like to hear it from you as well, Senator, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. And, and let me make one point uh, as I get into that answer. Um, I look at uh, House Bill 126 a couple of years ago. Uh, they, they touted it as the heartbeat bill and uh before it was passed they stripped out the heartbeat language which was a became a misnomer but yet they continued to tout it as the strongest pro-life bill in all of america and i laughed and in fact i rebutted them in public uh with some of those state officials who were making those claims and i believe that what they're doing is they're they're um pulling the wool over and deceiving people and thinking that, hey, we have reached another milestone, when in fact, it's not so. And with regard to the, I saw it on LifeSite News that it came out and said we were the first abortion-free state, and I thought, what have I missed? And so what really happened is that the abortion clinic in St. Louis no longer performs surgical abortions, which, okay, that's a good thing. But the other part of it is they're still referring abortions to Illinois, just five minutes away from the clinic, and Missourians are still going across the river to kill their babies. Mm -hmm. And so did we accomplish something? Maybe, but not enough. And and what's still happening is that these physicians in Missouri are still prescribing uh, pharmaceuticals for chemical Mm -hmm. abortions. So they're still killing babies. I don't know that... um, what the numbers are, but I would, I would bet you that these numbers are probably even greater than what was reported for the surgical abortions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit, you know, Wes discussed this some too, and uh, it's something that, it, you know, you can see from a little bit different perspective and uh, than we do. And it is that, uh, we hear the pro-life movement touted over and over again. I mean, you have all kinds of different million-dollar organizations that are pro-life. What are they doing with you, people who are abolitionists, and how are these people actually getting in the way and fighting what you're doing? Yeah, and and I know you know you have many colleagues there in the Senate, and I know you don't want to speak ill of them, but uh, the reality is uh, there's pro life and there's abolitionists. What are the pro life doing? Pro life advocates doing to destroy the actual submission to God's word, and how are you seeing that play out? Well, I, I can speak probably more clearly of my time in the House, mm-hmm. and uh, I had bills that would have, I believe, ended, uh, led to the end of abortion, but they were never heard. And if they were heard, they never got passed. Mm. And um, I remember uh, the, the bill I called personhood because mm. if similar to the, the language that I mentioned in the uh, abolition bill, if we would recognize this developing human as a person, or even just as human, um, we should um, take position and um, and do all we can to stop killing them. Well, I found, and I'll just name them uh, because it's no secret, I've been public about it for years now, the Missouri Right to Life oppose the personhood bill. Hmm. And of course, they will, they will oppose the abolition bill too. I can almost guarantee it. However, 
we found them going door to door uh, in the House of Representatives to the offices uh, asking them to uh, oppose my bill. And so mm-hmm. when I caught them doing it, I asked them for a meeting, which they obliged. And during the meeting, I wanted to know why they were doing what they were doing. And they, they told me, and they were, of course, they were uh, sincere, I think, in their thought. They said, well, you know, if your bill passes, it'll be challenged in the courts, which I guarantee you that would happen. Mm-hmm. And if it's challenged, it will fail. And everything that we've done to this point will be for naught. And I said, well, wait a minute. Hmm. I disagree with you, but let's say that happens. Specifically, what would you lose? And there mm-hmm. was silence. Wow. And they couldn't, they couldn't tell me anything. Then they proceeded to pull um, a document from a briefcase. It was called a severance clause. And what that means is if, if it's um, part of the bill, you can actually separate the existing statute with the new statute. And they said, if, if you'll add this to your bill, it'll protect what we've done. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I'll add the amendment clause. Will you support the bill then? And they said, no. <laughs> and so it, it caused me to wonder what in the world they were in business for. And uh, the only thing I can conclude is that they're in it for uh, perpetuating their incrementalist ideas. Yeah. And, and they may be making a few dollars on it. I don't know how much they claim they're not, but in any sense, it's, it's a little bit disconcerting. And here's the other part that's a little bit hard for me to understand. Some of these folks are believers in the Lord. I know yeah. That, yeah. that they're sincere, but they just bought the lie that uh, they're doing the right thing. And uh, I, I made a video a few years ago, and it was essentially making this point that if I don't do all I can to stop the killing of the unborn children, what's my answer going to be when I get to heaven and, and I'm at the judgment and God says, what did you do? What would my answer be if I didn't even try? Yeah. And, and so I, I think that's a, a pertinent question for us all. And um, those who are incrementalist, perhaps they will justify that as trying. But I think this is a, a hill to die on for me. Hmm. And that's why I'm uh, sponsoring the abolition bill. Yeah. And I mean, just uh, coming coming from that, you know, just to, just to put the point on it, a pro-life group didn't like a personhood. So the pro-life are going to tell you these are people in the womb. It's a person. We need to stop mm-hmm. killing them. They're going to say to your face when they try to get your vote, when they try to hand you materials, when they're talking to you, when they show you the but, chart of but then voting. They, yeah, and yeah. but then they go inside the building. Somebody goes, "Oh, hey, you believe that person's a person? All right, let's get together." And they can't. Yeah. So I mean, just to let you guys know, you you don't just believe somebody by profession. I've had to, right. had to talk about this. Like you don't believe somebody's a Christian just because they say they are. Right. You yes. tell by their fruit. Show right? me the fruit. That's yes. right. Yep. And so even though, yes, like he has said, there are brothers and sisters on this. Um, there are other fruits that can show and they can be inconsistent here and they can be willing to learn. And you'll see the fruit of that relationship come up. But understand, we need to do our research. And here we have a senator. He has lived it. He has told you this right to life group did not like something that defines a person and don't believe them when they say we we they that they believe that it is a person and deserves life. So, uh, Senator Moon and, and, and Wes, I, I kind of want to connect you to here because you both uh, I don't know exactly how you connected with each other but maybe you could give us a little light on that and then tell us what you're doing to work together and how we can join you does that make sense sure yes yeah, yeah. sure um, well I, Mike we have uh, known each other for oh gosh a number of years Mm-hmm. And um, I think if, if I remember correctly, we we actually met and were introduced at uh, some friends house, um, friends we yes. have in common. And uh, that's kind of where we got to know one another. And, um, you know, as we as I've gotten to know Senator Moon, um, you know, I, I realize, you know, that he's he's a good man. He's a good Christian man. His heart's in the right place. And um, he, you know, when he got to Jeff City, um, he, 
again, you know, as, as he stated earlier, you know, this is a hill to die on. So mm-hmm. here was a man that had a passion, you know, to, to see abortion ended. God has laid the same thing on my heart. And so, um, you know, we just, we teamed up and, and basically that's kind of how it's, how it's worked. And so, uh, you know, I, I, my part or my role here in this is really just trying to get out there, get on shows like this one, get the word out there, try to get support, you know, people calling their, their senators and just, you know, putting some pressure on them Mm -hmm. to move this bill forward, um, you know, make something happen with it, you know, get it to committee. And, you know, these senators are going to need to hear from us, um, you know, probably before they're really going to be motivated to, you know, to really move this thing forward. So, Mm -hmm. um, that that's kind of how it's worked to a certain extent. Senator Moon, you, you, you can add. Well, I, I think you've said it well, uh, Wes, that, uh, you know, we met through mutual friends and uh, we've kind of become kindred spirits since mm-hmm. that time. And uh, I've watched you and the organizations that you've been able to pull together. Uh, been a great help. And uh, you're on, on a roll so far this year. And I, I would suggest that the listeners uh, encourage them to get to know the legislators first mm-hmm. and uh, build a rapport with them. And uh, instead of coming out blasting right away, it helps to kind of build a relationship first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, then, and then when they have um, a topic that is near and dear to their heart, like abolishing abortion, they can have a frank conversation with their legislator and tell them where they stand, and then uh, strongly encourage them to support that position. And mm-hmm. there, there can be consequences too. If after uh, they've made their declaration to the, uh, the representative or senator, um, let them know that um, they're not just gonna let it be just a one-time conversation. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, encourage others to contact them. And, and um, I know Wes knows this too, because it's, it's amazing how few people it takes to contact either by phone or email or by postcard or letter to change your opinion or to at least get your attention. And that's what it's about. Uh, mm. This is something that if, um, if the Senate and the House of Representatives in Missouri learn that, you know, Missourians now are wanting to stop abortion, finally put an end to it, uh, I think that'll turn some heads and change some hearts, mm-hmm. and I believe we, we can have success. Yeah, so you're saying uh, if a bunch of people, I just really quick, if a bunch of people got together, say an organization, if they got together and made a resolution that would agree with the way that, you know, the way that you're wanting to handle this abolition issue, um, that would be a lot of people that would uh, be seen by their representatives and they would go, maybe I need to think about it. Yeah, I don't think it has to be a formal resolution necessarily, but but um, <laughs> but but that could be that could carry some weight as well. Yeah. But uh, and and here's the other thing too: don't just call once, yeah. don't just write once. Yeah. Uh, it has to be a, a repetitive. Mm-hmm. Keep this out in front of them, and until they say okay. I'm convinced. And and then you still need to uh, remind occasionally. But um, the point is, be a voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this sounds cliche, but you can be the voice of the voiceless. Mm-hmm. And um, just, um, you know, how important will this be? I mean, that's if, if life is not important, okay, go about your business. Do whatever you want to do. But I believe to the Lord, this is an important thing. And uh, what what a way to honor our Creator and to try to protect protect His creation. Mm-hmm. So, Senator Moon and, and Wes, I know that both of you there are ramifications for you coming out in this way. Uh, what can we do to affirm further uh, not only HB or excuse me SB391 not only contact but like objectively you know you've got the great pro-life movements that have all of this funding and all of this time and all of this airspace and they have convinced evangelicals as a whole that 
what they're doing is right, which it's not. It's evil, and I condemn it because I believe God's word does. But what else? I mean, uh, when it comes to showing up to different events, uh, is there something on the horizon that we might be able to demonstrate our physical support for? Well, as far as events, we are looking at a rally at the Capitol on March the 10th, and I've still got to get that confirmed. And if so, it'll be in the afternoon on Wednesday of March the 10th, and we will have a, you know, a number of speakers there. Uh, for those that are willing, we will be making rounds to the senator's offices, mm-hmm. distributing literature um, you know, about the abolition movement and the bill, trying to get their attention. But again, you know, I, I think you just, you get out there and you get the word out. Um, yeah. You know, conferences like that, you know, one that, that we were talking earlier two weeks or three weeks ago there uh, that, that we all met up at. You, get, you, you make connections in those kinds of places, those kinds of events, and you, you speak the truth. You know, you, you remain faithful, you pray, you get out there, you speak the truth and, and get the word out. And that's, um, that's the strategy here that, uh, at least that I've kind of been taking in trying to get support for the bill. We've put together a website, if I, if I can mention that real quick. Um, the, um, it's, it's Abolish Abortion Missouri is the name of our group. Mm-hmm. And the website is Abolish Abortion M-O for Missouri. Dot com okay abolish abortion mo.com and on that site there is information about the senate bill there's also information on the lesser magistrate yes. and uh, just you know the abolition position in general and mm-hmm. so people can take a look at that website to you know to to get informed and and educated they connect up they can connect with us on that website as well and so um yeah, it's, it's it's things such as that. Um, again, contact the senator. And when Senator Moon earlier said it doesn't take that many people to yeah. get their attention, yeah. I have had senators and reps in the past tell me that if they hear from as, as few as eight people of their constituents, eight, that that is enough to get their attention and to let them know that the issue is something that they need to give attention to. And we're talking eight people. There are eight people out here, out there, in in, in all these districts that can make a phone call to the senator. I mean, uh, it it doesn't take much. I like how uh, Mike Moon pointed out postcards. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Even a postcard. There you go. So, um, but yeah, just uh, I want to ask you guys. Uh, I mean, we're running running on the end of time anyway. But uh, there's a book that was handed out at the God and Government Conference. I read through it uh, prior, but it's a Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate um, by Matthew J. Triwella. Triwella. Uh, Triwella. Triwella. Well, whatever. Anyway, Truella. Yeah, Truella. <laughs> it's a great, great read. Great read. But um, my last question is: We've got to support these guys, okay? We've got to support Mike Moon. So he's going to be saying some stuff that gets him, you know, gets probably. people fired up. Mm-hmm. Um, he could probably, you know, we we could have some people storming him in his home if this thing, you yeah. know, were to blow up um, and get talked about and say say it's winning. Um, Mike Moon, how can we support you? How can we like, you know, it's like, how can you, how can we let you know that you have people support to where stuff, stuff bad happens to you? We're going to rally behind you. And I think that's a point in the book that, that convicted me um, that we need to hit. So how can we support you in that? You know, there, there's probably a lot of things that I could say, but here's probably the one thing that I believe is uh, the the best thing because we serve an almighty God mm-hmm. and he, he loves us and cares for us. And I believe that if we will, um, um, we will ask him, he will intervene. Mm-hmm. He will protect me as he sees fit. He will protect my family. He'll mm-hmm. protect Wes and his family and yours mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that's probably the call that I would ask first and foremost, that uh, whenever the Lord brings me to mind or someone else, 
uh, pray for them because you, you never know. And I'll, I, I'll tell you a story if I, if I can. I'm, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I, may, I may have said this uh, at the conference. I don't remember, but it was a day that was probably one of the darkest in my entire lives. Uh, I came to the Capitol on a Thursday morning and I felt like I was in just a black cloud. And uh, the, the only thing that I could compare to was just a demonic spirit. And I, I didn't know what was happening. Anyway, I was really depressed. Went home that Thursday afternoon and I talked to my wife, Denise, and we prayed and asked the Lord to help us through it. And by Monday, I was okay. We went back mm -hmm. to work. And two weeks later, there was a group who came to my office and for some reason, that story came back to mind. And so I, I blurted it out to them. And there was a, a woman in the group. She said, you said that was two weeks ago. And I said, yeah. And she said, we were praying for you specifically two weeks ago. Mm. And I thought, what an affirmation of the Lord that was. I was doing what he wanted me to do. I was where he wanted me to be. And he knew exactly what I needed and when I needed it. And he supplied others around who didn't know what I what, what I was going through necessarily, but they pricked, he pricked their heart mm. and they prayed and he honored their prayer. And so I encourage you, if the Lord brings someone to mind, take time to pray. You might not know specifics about what you're praying for them for, but the Lord does. And um, so I'm asking you if, if you feel compelled to do so, please pray for protection, for wisdom, for courage, and, um, you know, I, I've said this before that I don't know whether or not I will be successful or we will be successful in my lifetime, but I can't stop trying until mm -hmm. it's done. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Yep. Well, it's, yeah, I just want to let you know, like, as far as, you know, Dave and I, and I know, uh, Josh, Brandon, um, you know, we've got your back and I want you, I think it's, that's the encouragement. I think, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, we've got your back and I know no, that's probably a lot you. of people have your back. So if anything goes down, um, during this time, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things as, as Christians, we've got to drop, like you're saying, we're busy. We've got lives to live and, and like he understands that. Um, but at the same time, we can't let this busyness allow right. death. And so, yeah. you know, and the abortion issue and the people that are being the interposition for that, um, yes. both sides need people to rally behind. So let's pray like he asked, but then let's also be ready to drop something at the hat if something goes down um, and lawfully. You know, we got to stay lawful the whole time and lawfully have his back and do what we need to do to protect the people who God has placed. Remember, like, we're not the senator here. He is. He's got a responsibility that he has willingly and voluntarily took, and he's got to take it. But that doesn't mean he goes solo. He's got the people and we've got him. And so let's make sure that uh, we pray for him. We support him and we're ready at any moment to to help. Well, thank you for that encouragement. Well, Mike and Wes, we really appreciate you both. We're wrapping up the program, and we always wrap up the program by saying Sola Deo Gloria. And uh, so since we have the senator here, uh, you, you you speak a little Latin, I'm sure. So if you'll start us off by Sola, and then Wes, Deo, and Adam will say Gloria, sure. and that'll close <laughs> us out here. But thank you uh, so much, Senator. Really appreciate both of you in, in every minute of yeah. your time. Time. Yeah, so you're, again, you're welcome. Yeah, so this is the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm Dave. We got Wes and Mike and Senator Mike Moon. And with that said, Senator Sola, Dale, Gloria. Yeah.